Welcome to the February 2019 edition of Hills Review. Hills Review is produced by students in the podcasting and public speaking class at High School East. lecture series which is produced by the Pegasus Literary Magazine continued this month when Regina Calcaterra, the New York Times best-selling author of Etched in Sand, visited East to speak to 11th graders about her gripping and powerful memoir. Many of the attendees spent much of the second quarter reading and studying Calcaterra's memoir. On February 12th, they had the unique opportunity to hear the author speak about her harrowing childhood. Much of it spent homeless in and out of foster care in western Suffolk County. There was even a time when she lived in a foster home in the Half Hollow Hill School District and attended one of the elementary schools. There were many powerful moments during the lecture. Here, Regina talks about how she and her siblings, because they were periodically abandoned by their abusive, alcoholic, and mentally ill mother, had to fend for themselves, stealing food, washing their own clothes, and learning how to blow their own noses. I knew that I was different from the kids around me, from the kids who grew up in nice houses with a nice, nice family. And I knew it because of the way that the parents treated me. Because I was a little kid, and I would do what other little kids do. they go to find children to play with. Well, like puppies, right? A puppy wants to play with another puppy, dogs want to play with dogs, kids want to play with kids. So when I would go find a child to play with, there were parents that would tell their child to stay away from me because how I looked. Because imagine how we looked, right? Didn't always have a place where we could shower or take a bath. And even if we did, it wasn't like, you know, we were telling each other to do it. We didn't have really a parent directing us to do that. And our clothes, how do you think we washed our clothes? We did it by hand. You know what it actually looks like when a kid washes their own clothes by hand? It's not, not very good. And then, of course, no one was teaching us how to blow our nose. And we had horrible dental hygiene because we were too busy stealing food to eat. We weren't thinking about, you know, the need to steal a toothbrush or toothpaste. So we had a toothbrush amongst the five of us with flattened bristles. So by way of how I looked, there were parents, when I would go to play with their kids, their parents, their parents would tell them to stay away from me. During her talks, Regina spoke of a variety of methods used to cope with her situation. Here, she discusses how important the public libraries were to her and her four siblings. So we would go, and sometimes we would walk miles to get to a library, because we knew it would be worth it, because once we got there, we could be there the whole day. So we'd go walking into a library, and it's not as if five kids walked into a library and sat down all at once, and read all at once. That never happens. I can't imagine that ever happens as far as a sibling group. So what we would do is we need to entertain, make sure that we entertain the kids, now, for those of you who've read the book, you know that I'm in the middle of five. There's four girls and a boy. So um, Norman, the boy, is number four. So we would call Norman and Rosie, who's our youngest sister, the kids. They were the kids. So we needed to entertain the kids. And um, so we would find highlight magazines and mandate magazines because they were things that had kind of like activities in it that we would keep them, that we would keep the kids active with that. But then after we were done with that, we would all sit and read or read to each other. Throughout her visit, the author is very candid with the audience. In this excerpt, 
Regina talks about the obstacles students who are in foster care encounter and why so many of them never go on to attend or graduate from college. I was going to the same high school and I was being told by teachers there, by my English school teacher, my English teacher, my social studies teacher, my guidance counselor, that the only way out of poverty was to get an education. The only way to, to control my destiny was to stay in school and hopefully go on to college and that I need to be disciplined, I need to be focused, and I can then determine how my future is going to be. Nobody else is going to determine that. And they were telling me I was smart and I was talented, and I had what it took to graduate high school and then go to college. So I went back to my casework and I said, oh, don't worry about these independent living skills. I'm going to go to college. She's like, what? I said, yeah, I'm going to college. I've got these teachers and they're telling me I'm smart enough to go to college and they're helping me. They're signing me up for ACTs and SATs, you know, the practice exams. They're helping me figure out ways to pay for those tests because um, I didn't even have that ability. They were signing me up for all these AP classes, which you also have to pay for, and they were helping me find ways to actually pay for them, doing whatever they could to like get me on the path where it would be easier for me to go to college. So I was telling her about this. I said, so I'm going to go to college. And she's like, no, you're not, Regina. I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean I'm not? She said, you're not going to college. I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm going to go to college. My teacher said I'm going to go to college. She's like, and I said, why are you saying this to me? And she said, because foster kids don't graduate college. They may go. They may start there, but they don't graduate. And you know what? She was right. Back then, in the 1980s, less than 2% of kids in foster care graduated college. You know what the percentage is today? Less than 3%. Because as much money as you make available to, to, to youth in foster care, the reality is if they don't have anyone encouraging them, if they don't have an adult in their life pushing them forward, keeping them off, keeping them moving forward, it is very difficult for them to deal with the emotional stress as it is for any student when you go to college. You're going to, many of you are going to go in that direction, but you're going to have the support of adults in your life, whether your parents, your aunts, your uncles, your grandparents, whoever, or teachers, whoever they are. They're going to be there, and they're going to encourage you. But as a foster kid, you don't have that. So she told me I wasn't going to college, and she had to teach me how to make sure I, didn't, I wasn't um, going to be homeless. So I ignored her. I, I took her lessons in stride. I ignored her, and I actually made my way to college. At the conclusion of her lecture, Regina spoke to the students about what motivated her to put her experiences in print. So I'm going to tell you the two reasons why I wrote it. The first is that there are 400,000 kids in the foster care system here in the United States, and at least 26,000 of them every year age out to nobody but themselves. They're on their own. And if they don't have an adult safety net, they end up homeless or incarcerated because half of the homeless population in the United States are former foster children, and a third of the incarcerated are former foster children. Because you know how they end up in jail? Remember how I told you how I stole food when I was younger? Nobody ever called the police. Why don't you think anyone called the police? What? Yeah, they knew we were little kids who needed it. They're like, let them steal the food. It's not gonna hurt us, just let them steal it. But if I was that 18-year-old, all of a sudden I was 18, and I went to that same supermarket to steal the same food. What do you think would have happened to me? Yep, police would have been called. I would have been arrested. No one would have bailed me out and would have started my journey in the criminal justice system. That's exactly what happened. And that's what happens to a lot of these youth. And that's why a lot of them end up in jail or homeless. 
So I not only wrote it for them, but I wrote it for the millions of kids in the U.S. who are questioning how it is that they were born into the situation they were dealt, that they were born into. Why they were dealt the hand that they were dealt. Because it's not just foster kids, or kids, there are kids who are abused and neglected or still with you know, you know, adults that, that aren't taking care of them. They're all asking themselves, why is it they were dealt this hand? And I want to tell them that, yes, you're dealt this hand, but be grateful that at least you were dealt this hand here in the U.S. Because there are enough resources to pull yourself up and out if you believe in, if you believe in yourself. And I showed them the pathway. I said, you have to go to public schools, take advantage of public libraries, go to publicly subsidized colleges. There are programs in place for youth who are economically or socially disadvantaged. Take advantage of those programs. But also know, you don't have to do it perfectly. You don't have to get a GPA. You're gonna to have to work several jobs at once. It's gonna be awful while you're going through it. It's gonna take a long time. It's gonna take you longer than most uh, youth who actually have parents. But eventually you're gonna get there one day. Regina Calcaterra's visit marked the second New York Times bestselling author to visit High School East since this lecture series began last year. That's my story. That's the story of Edge and Sam. It's a story of optimism and perseverance and tenacity. You can hear more from Ms. Calcaterra's lecture, as well as excerpts from last year's speaker. Amor Tolles, author of Rules of Civility, at soundcloud.com slash review. If you have any questions about the lecture or would like to suggest future speakers, please contact Ms. Hogan, the advisor of the Pegasus Literary Magazine. Thank you for listening. To automatically receive future podcasts, be sure to subscribe using the Apple Podcast app. You can also visit us at soundcloud.com slash hillsreview, where you can find the current episode as well as all of our archived stories. Hey, 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 hey.